did you know that you can lay up treasures for yourself in heaven? And that's something you do here and now. Might not really ever think about that. So not just our latter end, but our eternity. What are you doing about your eternity to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven? Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to get into a lot of scripture today, but I want you to kind of see that we can do some things here and now so that way we don't just merely roll into heaven by the seat of our pants and thank God we made it, but you can have a a more blessed experience, per se. Matthew chapter 6, and we'll start in verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he tells us to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. I got to reading this. I'm thinking to myself, well, what are you talking about? It's heaven. What more could you possibly need? I mean, why would you, you know, I'm, I just want to make it to heaven, you know. And sometimes... That's a chore enough in its own that I don't blow it and lose my own salvation on some day where I lose my temper or whatever, you know. But there's more to it than just that. Not only do you want to make heaven, but Christ tells us we can lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. So obviously he's not just saying this just for fun to get us to realize there's more to life here on earth than just stuff. Yeah, that's a big part of what he's talking about, but he's also saying that you can lay up those treasures. So what, what can we do? to do that. Anybody have any ideas on how to lay up treasures for yourself in heaven? I know when I first started looking at this, I thought, how in the world do you go about doing that? What do you do to lay up those treasures? Well, let's let's first look here and let's see the reason why. Why should we be even looking to do this? What What's the point of this? And And if you look at verse 21 here, you'll see that. The whole reason why he's doing this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Because if we get focused on laying up treasures in heaven, that puts our focus in a different spot. We're not so consumed with laying up treasures here on earth. You know, it's easy, especially in today's day and age, everybody's consumed with stuff. We want more stuff. We want better stuff. And I know I talk about this a lot. But I just can't seem to get past it and get off it, especially with tithes and offerings. You know, God's whole design is built around give. Give it all away. Give everything you got away if you want. You can't ever outgive God. I mean, you've heard me say that a million times. If He can get it through you, He'll keep bringing it to you. But His whole method is give, and the whole world is built around how much can I get? I want to get, and I want to get more. I want to keep it all to myself, me, myself, and I, right? And so this is what he's trying to teach us here. If we desire to lay up treasures in heaven, that will in turn keep our focus and our heart heavenward. And for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he goes on to even explain this a little more here. So we'll read on further here in 22 and 23. It says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? 
No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and, be, and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Or in other words, you cannot serve God and money. See, what's he talking about with this lamp of the body and the eye thing? Well, your eye, if you think about it, where you're focusing, where you're looking, is where you're going. You're not, most people don't spend most of their time walking backwards. You know, you're going to be doing nothing but tripping and falling and all that stuff. You look forward, you look ahead, and that's where you go. So what are you looking at all the time? What are you concentrating on? You know, what you're focused on, what you're constantly looking at, what you're constantly desiring, that's going to be the thing that you're going to head towards. And he's telling us here, if, we, if we're consumed with things, if we're constantly looking at things, you know, more stuff, newer cars, uh, whatever it is, bigger house, more money, uh, women or whatever lust and greed and all these different things if we're focusing on that stuff and looking to that stuff all the time how great is that darkness because what is that darkness what are those things that start coming in it's going to be greed lust envy jealousy idolatry etc all those things if we're consumed and looking to the earth and looking at the things of the earth and desiring those things that's the stuff that starts coming in because that's where our treasure is. There our heart starts going there. The world is full of greed. The world is full of lust. Again, me, myself, and I, everybody's desiring to get more, get more. And it brings that stuff in. It brings that darkness in. And Matthew 6, 24, you've heard me teach on this in tithes and offerings too. No one can serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other or else... You will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And we talked about in tithes and offerings, mammon is money, the things of this world. You cannot serve both of them. And, it, and that kind of almost seems like, well, yeah, yeah, I can. I mean, I, I can get stuff and I can have stuff and I, I can get more stuff, but I, I can still be faithful to God. can't do it. You cannot do it. For one, it says it, so the Bible doesn't make stuff up just for fun. But think about it. If you start, let's say you get a new vehicle and you spend a lot of money on that vehicle, well, your attention gets thrown towards that because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And there's nothing wrong with this. Again, you've heard me say it a million times. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have stuff. That stuff just can't have you. But you get that. And then you start thinking about accessories for that. Maybe you're going to get a, a, a GPS system or some OnStar or... or um, What's the radio, the serious radio, whatever. You know, you start putting more and stuff into it and doing new things, maybe some new tires for it, some flashier rims or whatever it may be. It can just keep on going and keep on consuming and you'll keep on pursuing that thing and your focus is there and not elsewhere. You can't do both. But if you put your heart towards God and you serve God and you do His way, you give and you give and you give. You'll still have all the stuff because, again, God, you can't outgive God. That stuff will still come to you. You'll still be blessed, and you'll just have more to give, and you just keep giving and going. But your heart isn't consumed with that stuff. You recognize that it's just stuff. It doesn't hold a value like other things or like the things of God. <clears throat> you cannot chase the riches of the world and God. The two operate on different and opposite principles. They're just totally two different things. Like I said, the world teaches us to get, get more, 
Keep it all to yourself, me, myself, and I. And the Bible, or God teaches us to give, give more, give yourself away. They're completely opposite. They don't work on the same realm. And just for fun, let's go to First or Second Peter. This really isn't totally the direction of what we're doing today, but this is one of the best scriptures you can look at if you want to keep your worldly possessions in check and in perspective. Let's go to Second Peter chapter 3. We'll start in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner, <clears throat> manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Back in verse 10, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. You see, we're in the middle of the transition to all things being made new. Christ came back. He not only bought us salvation, and when we die, we know we go to heaven. Eventually, on the, on the day of judgment, when this whole thing is over, we get our new body that's designed to like the original body was supposed to be that never wears out, never gets tired, never grows old. But there's also going to be a new heaven and a new earth because this was God's earth to start with. And he gave the authority to man. Man gave it over to Satan. Well, God came back, brought Jesus here to fix all things, to make all things new. See, we're in the middle of that. Some things have been made new. Your spirit can be made new. You can be born again unto God. But this earth is still screwed up. And it's still a mess. Things are still broken. But that, too, will be made brand new. So what's he going to do with this one? He gets the last word. He gets the last say. Man isn't going to get to destroy this thing. You know, we worry about giant nuclear wars that will just wipe the earth out on our own and all these things. No. If you look back at verse 7, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, the word of God is what keeps this thing together, keeps the earth where it's at, are reserved for the fire, preserved by the same word, are reserved for the fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. See, he's holding it together. His word holds it together but it's his, and he will have the last word, and he will destroy it. So go ahead, build yourself a nice big house, put all your wonderful things in it, keep getting more and more stuff, just keep stacking it up, buy more and more homes, more and more cars, get more and more money, and just keep stacking it up, see how much you can get. It's just all going to burn up. Every last bit of it, everything that you do here on this earth will just burn up. Now, I'm not saying that we should just give up, forget it, live out in the woods or whatever because there's no point in having nice things or any of this stuff because it's just going to burn up anyway. No, that's not it. But just keep that in perspective when you start letting your eyes travel sometimes and you start looking towards other things and desiring worldly things and and all these other things start getting a hold of your heart. Just think, well, that that thing that I'm looking at, that new thing that I desire, it's, it's going to rust. It's going to be melt with fervent heat on that day, nothing will withstand. The only thing that can withstand that fire is works 
that are towards God and his kingdom and the works for him. Your works here on earth, if you're doing just earthly works and things, building your own kingdom, your own castles and your own will, all that stuff won't stand against that fire, that fervent heat that comes. So we need heavenly treasures to go after. Okay, so let's look at an example of how the things of the world can consume us and we can go after them. Go to Luke chapter 12. So we're going to jump around a lot here in different scriptures. But Luke chapter 12, start in verse 15. Jesus is talking here and teaching the disciples. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Boy, I can't get much more clear than that, right? Moving on, verse 16. Then he spoke, to, uh, spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will these, those things which, who, then those, all right, let me just start all over here. Apparently I can't get this one out. Verse 20. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Perfect example. He shares this parable. You can build up all this stuff. You don't know when your time is up. You don't know when that last day is. So you might be thinking, Oh, I'll just stack up all this stuff. And I'm all for... You know, having a savings account, preparing for the future. Pastor's been talking about that. That's wise. That's good. But again, you can't let that stuff get a hold of you because it's pointless. And if you're desiring nothing but that stuff and you're not doing your part to lay up those heavenly treasures to seek God and to do those things, your day will come and you get caught off guard and you had all your hopes and dreams and everything stuck in the stuff that's gone. You know, what good is any of that stuff for you on Judgment Day? You can stand before God, and he's going to ask for an account of your life, and all you got is stuff to show. He's planning on burning that up anyway. That doesn't do you any good. And you can't exchange that stuff for heavenly rewards either. You can't exchange that stuff for heavenly goods, heavenly treasures. It's easy to get caught up in that stuff. It's easy to get caught up in chasing these earthly treasures, Again, it's the opposite of God's will. It's the opposite of God's heart. And I continually will preface this. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. God wants you to have stuff. God wants to bless you with things that you like and desire and enjoy and, and, and all of that stuff. So that's not it. I'm not saying that you can't have stuff, but stuff can't have you. It's that easy. It's that simple. If your heart starts getting consumed with that stuff, you cannot be effective in serving God anymore. You cannot serve God 
and mammon. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. So we need to keep our perspective chasing the right things, not chasing rewards and treasures for earth, but rewards and treasures of heaven. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. If you're seeking God, you get the stuff anyway. But it, it doesn't really matter because you really don't care. If you're truly seeking God, you really don't care about stuff. Yeah, you'll be blessed and you'll enjoy it and all that good stuff, but you could really care less. So that poses the question, can you give it all up? And I'm not saying that you need to, and I'm not saying God is asking you to, but what if he did? What if he asked you to take all your earthly things and get rid of them, give them away? Could you do it? I don't know. That's kind of a tough question. We kind of like our stuff. We kind of get things set up the way we like them, and we really enjoy that. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but could you get rid of it? Could you let it go if he asked you to? I mean, true faith, if you've got true faith in God, you ain't going to worry about it because it's not like he ain't going to take care of you. He already promises that a million times through and up and down and over again, right? But do we really think like that? Do we really truly put our faith out there like that? Are we really concerned with heavenly treasures or are we concerned with earthly treasures? Building things up, getting more and better. So, Jesus instructs us to lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. How do we do that? Well, there's tons of scripture about it as I begin to study this and look through things. There's there's a lot of scriptures that talk about if you do these things, you will lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. But really, a lot of them boil down to just a few categories, and you can lump them together. And for sake of time, we're not going to try and hit every scripture that's out there, but I've got three to share with you. Three things that you can do to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, to put your mind and your heart in the right place. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So if we are looking to do these things, it will cause us to put our hearts and our minds towards God and and not on the earthly possessions and things of that nature. Number one, give, give, give. That sounds simple enough, right? Give what you got. You can call it that too if you want. Let's go back to Matthew 19. Give, give, give. This is why I didn't teach on tithes and offerings because you're going to hear it here and now. And if you've listened to me much on tithes and offerings, when I do teach tithes and offerings, that's what it's all about. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Yes, we bring the tithe and we do those things, but that's not giving away. That's bringing back. That was never yours to start with. But in regards to the rest of your stuff, God is always instructing us and always moving on our hearts to give it away. Give it away. Give of ourselves. Give of our time. Give of our resources. Give of our finances. Give, give, give. Matthew 19, we'll start in verse 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, 
which ones? Isn't that funny how we always ask, well, what little bit can I do? You know, well, yeah, I keep the commandments, but which ones? You know, you got to narrow it down, maybe one or two that I can just do and excel at and will not worry about the rest. I always kind of chuckle at that when I read that. He says, Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And in verse 21, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will, you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Now this section of scripture is mostly geared towards you know, teaching about earthly possessions, building yourself up. And this, this young man, he went away upset because he really liked his stuff. He didn't want to give it up. And now he isn't telling everybody that you need to go sell everything you got and just give it all away. That's not necessarily what we're getting at here this morning. But I want to point out, when you do those things, when you go, you sell, and give to the poor, you will have treasure in heaven. God is telling us and teaching us that if we give, 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 it lays up for ourselves treasures in heaven, things then, blessings and rewards that you can walk in when you leave this earth and you go to heaven, treasures for yourself up there to enjoy above and beyond, you know, salvation and, and not being in the eternal lake of fire. Uh, jump over to Luke 12. Look at verse 33, Luke 12, verse 33. Again, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and every one of these scriptures, pretty much, if you read around them and and part of their context, it's always talking about worrying. We spend a lot of time worrying about, will I have enough? Will I get enough? Can I make that payment? Can I get this? Can I do that? What ifs, you know, those kinds of things. That's really what a lot of these are talking about. But inside of that, we see another little element about laying up treasures in heaven. So Luke 12, verse 33, sell what you have, give alms, provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens which does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. And again, we see in verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the instruction is sell what you have and give alms. If you do that, you will provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, treasures in the heavens that do not fail. So again, he's instructing us to give. And it's not just all necessarily money. Now, a lot of it is because that's how even everything works today. You literally have to use money to make any type of a transaction or to do really anything. So a lot of it revolves around money, but it can be giving of your time even, giving of, of your energy, you know, giving of your, uh, w- the wisdom that you have, whatever it might be, you know, different things that you can do for people to be a blessing to them. If you're giving of yourself, you will be laying up treasures in heaven for yourself. There's a lot of other scriptures that teach on this. I mean, we could go on for hours looking at this, but to me it's quite obvious here, just out of these two, that when you give of yourself, you will lay up treasures for yourself. Amen? Number two, keep the faith. Well, duh. That sounds simple, right? Keep the faith. 
If you keep the faith, you will lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. And that sounds simple enough, but I think a lot of times people get this idea that, ah, I'm saved, I'm good to go, I don't have to worry about now, I'm, I'm going to make heaven, hoorah. So we come to church maybe Sunday mornings, do our time, and then the rest of the week we just live the way we want to live, according to our will, according to our desires, according to our own whatever we want to do kind of attitude. And we aren't really keeping the faith. Yeah, you'll probably make heaven because, you know, if you believe in Christ and you confess him as Lord, you're going to make the heaven mark. But, again, I don't really want to just barely slide in there and just make the cut by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin. But I want to go in there and I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Do you think if we just show up Sunday morning only and do our own thing all week long that we're going to show up and hear that? Probably not. Don't mean to be the bearer of bad news today, but I don't think that's how that's going to work. Let's go over to 2 Timothy. God wants us to be a doer of his word. He wants us to be in his word. He wants us to be seeking him. We can't just put our time in on Sunday morning only and again expect to hear well done thou good and faithful servant 2 Timothy chapter 4 we'll start in verse 7 this is Paul he sent a letter to Timothy and basically Paul is getting right to the end of his life and he knows that and he's about ready to check out and and he says something here and it's, it's interesting what he says he says I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. He did his part to keep seeking God, to keep going after God, to, to do the will of God, do the work of God. I have kept the faith. And in verse 8, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to also to all who have loved his appearing. So there is a crown of righteousness that awaits you if you fight the good fight and keep the faith. Amen? So, number one, give, 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 give. Number two, keep the faith. And the third one, serve. Serve in ministry. And I'm not just talking helps ministry, but just ministry to others. Serving others. Get out there and serve. And, of course, I am talking as the one who kind of leads up helps ministry. I would definitely encourage you, you know, serve in helps ministry. You know, that's definitely a part. Um, so let's, let's look at a couple scriptures here to, that would warrant this. Go to Hebrews with me to chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Start in verse 10. For God, God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience, inherit the promises. So, God recognizes your work and your labor. 
And it's and it's and there it's talking about ministering to the saints. So not only when you come to church and you do your parts and you serve, you're serving your fellow sheepies, but you're also serving your pastor and the leadership. You're you're doing that part. God is saying He doesn't forget that. He recognizes that. He takes note of that. And and it says at the bottom there in verse twelve it says through faith and patience inherit the promises. By doing that, by serving, by doing your part, putting your time in, you will inherit those promises. And specifically what we're talking about today, those rewards in heaven, the treasures in heaven. You will receive them by serving in ministry. Uh, Revelations 22.13 says, uh, Jesus said this, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. He has rewards. There are things that he will reward you according to your work, according to your ministry here. Well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not an apostle. What, what about me? Well, let's go over to Matthew 10. I'll show you a scripture here. It kind of sums it right up. verse 40. We'll start in verse 40. Matthew 10, verse 40. He who receives me, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. We're talking about the rewards here in heaven. Verse 42, and whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. There are rewards for you. And, and sometimes I think we get to thinking in helps ministry that, you know, if we're not doing something big, if we're not up here preaching behind the pulpit or if we're not up on the stage leading worship, you know, those people are the ones that are going to get the reward, the good rewards. Well, it says here, whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, I sure, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So, yeah, there's a prophet's reward. Yes, there's uh, a righteous man's reward, but there's also the reward for those that are just faithful disciples. Nate, are you serving in the ministry of a prophet right now? No? Really? thought maybe he was. No. But what's that got to do with anything? The reward is still there. You don't have to be in five-fold ministry. You don't have to be up front preaching. I would gladly go ahead and just do the usher thing forever. I'd be happy with that. And you know what? I know the reward would be the same. If that's what God has called me to do, I put my time in, I do my part, I serve, I'm laying up heavenly treasures, and behold, he will come with those rewards and reward each one according to his works. You don't have to do some elaborate thing in the world's eyes or in our eyes. You don't have to be out front and be showy. Again, we didn't get into this, but in that same portion of Scripture, Jesus taught about how the Pharisees and and those of those days would go out and pray before men because they wanted man to see that they were holier than thou kind of thing. Well, he tells them they got their reward. 
They got man to look at them. And so many people do this today. It just drives me insane. Something you, know, you get on Facebook or whatever, and you see people wanting to pat themselves on the back. Oh, I did this today. I paid for somebody's coffee in line or whatever. Look at me. And you get all these other people. Oh, that's so wonderful of you. Well, they got their reward. The Bible teaches us, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Almost keeping it a secret from yourself kind of thing. You know, because God's not about showy. He's not about boasting. He's not about big hoopla, you know. But if you do your part and you serve God faithfully and you put your time in, you will lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And God says he will reward you openly. There will come a day when we all stand before God on the judgment day and he will reward each one according to his works, and it will be done openly. You will have your big hoopla if that's what you're looking for, but that's not how he gears us. That's not how he wants us to be. He wants us to just get out there and do our part behind the scenes, be a blessing to somebody, go up to someone and, and, and give them a word of encouragement. Yeah, maybe you do buy their lunch or whatever, things of that, but don't go post it on Facebook. <laughs> that don't make sense. That's your reward then. you You've canceled out your heavenly reward by doing those things. So, number one, give, give, give. Give of yourself. Give of your time. Give of your resources. Give of your finances. Do your part. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get involved. Ask God and he'll show you. If you're wanting to get involved in helps ministry, come talk to us. We'll show you. We'll give you ways to get involved so you can do your part and earn your blessings. Am I doing something? Is that better? There. I think that's it. Anyway, do your part. You can get involved in any way, but you don't have to do something huge and heroic to to earn a reward. Just get involved. Do your part. Give, give, give. Two, keep the faith. Don't just check in and check out on Sunday morning. Get into the Word. Seek God. Seek His face. You'll keep that faith. You'll lay up those rewards. And then number three, get involved. Serve. Amen? Amen. So lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Don't be thinking, as pastor's been saying, don't be just thinking about today. Don't be living just for today. Don't be living just for yourself. What are you doing to lay up a future not only for yourself to enjoy, you want to call it retirement, maybe I better just stand still, but for your kids and your kids' kids. You know, he's talking about that, but then even beyond that, what are you doing about your eternity? Are you laying up for yourself treasures in heaven? Amen.